This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Red Bull Rant. The Red Bull Rant is a free-flowing conversation amongst three lifelong wackos that may contain adult language. Listener discretion is advised. From the suburban sprawl of New Jersey to Rocky Mountain High, Colorado, this is Red Bull Rant Yanks Go Marching Edition Volume 3. Um, I'm your host, Pat McDonald, and back with me after missing the last episode is my good friend from Denver, Colorado, uh, Chris Kaminsky. Chris, how you doing? I'm great, Patty. Uh, I, I got to give you a hand <laughs> for, uh, you know, your good commentary. Uh, last week I listened to the pod and I thought you were, uh, you know, pre-hashing the USA uh, Paraguay game pretty well. I thought you got some of that stuff right. So uh, good on you. I'm happy to be back and be your right-hand man. Um, happy to be on hand again. And uh, back to you. And we can, uh, you know, give ourselves both a hand and rehash. Hey, did anything big happen today? I didn't see the Brazil game. No, I don't think so. I don't think, uh, you know, it, it's just, yeah, I got to give you a hand for not really uh, paying any attention. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we we just finished watching Brazil Peru here, um, you know, and uh, the top story, I guess, would be, wow, no Brazil in the knockout round of the Copa America. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Uh, but, you know, if you didn't get uh, Chris's little opening monologue, lots of controversy in this one with Peru take, winning one nothing on what appeared to be a clear handball. Um, no, it didn't appear it was – I mean, that was empirically a handball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, hand of God too, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, although, I mean, I think Her- Maradona was actually trying to make his hand part of his head. I think he act, this guy actually swung his whole arm with his body, like, and actually played the ball. It didn't only strike his hand. He played the ball with his hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was something else. I mean, I guess, you know, what I've seen, I tweeted, and I've seen some other people kind of say, I guess what goes around comes around. I mean, Brazil should have lost that first game uh, when a Ecuador goal was disallowed wrongfully, so uh, when the rest called the ball out of bone. So, I don't know. Uh, yep. Karma's karma's a bitch, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I saw one tweet that said that absolutely should have counted, even though it's a handball. Yeah, just because you know turnabout's fair play. Yeah, and usually the retribution doesn't come in the same tournament, but mm-hmm. you know, here we go. So I, I guess uh, you get what you pay for, and you know, Brazil, man, they just, you know, in this game they didn't look. Uh, locked in they just were very passive the entire game they looked very happy to play for the draw that kind of mentality is always going to come back and bite you hey it came back and bought uh, bit columbia for playing um you know uh, 10 new men mm-hmm. uh against costa rica and then losing to them so you know if you don't play to win in these tournaments you're gonna lose yeah yeah although you could argue i mean does columbia have the easiest easier match against peru i mean peru certainly is playing very well in this tournament, or does Ecuador have the easier match against, uh, you know, or does the United States have the easier match against Ecuador? I mean, that, that's certainly a debatable topic, I think. Uh, well, I mean, it's good. I think we're going to get into full analysis of USA-Ecuador. But, I mean, this is a team we beat 1-0, uh, you know, last week, two weeks ago, whatever it was. I mean, um, 
or I mean, in the in on the warm up, the lead up. Um, uh, and in Brazil, you know, they 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 didn't bring a full complement of players. Neymar wasn't there. That you know, we could go you know, on on about Dunga's choices or if there were players that asked to be left off the roster. You and I were discussing this off air, and we're not quite sure how that happened. But anyway. Brazil, I mean, other than one really good thumping of Haiti and who doesn't beat Haiti, um, you know, they didn't score a single goal in this tournament. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Peru's, I think, you know, they're they're a decent team. They were, you know, uh, good for their money in this one. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's going to be a, a walkover. And Ecuador won't be either, but mm-hmm. – yeah, well, it's it's too bad MLS sucks because you know Kaká clearly would not have made a difference for Brazil in this in this one, but uh, oh, I mean, yeah, he would he would have certainly changed the game, but you know. <laughs> oh man! All right, well, I think that's enough about Brazil, Peru, uh, and the shocker that happened tonight. But uh, let's kind of go over the shocker yesterday. The United States uh, beats Paraguay. That so much was not a shocker, um, but they ended up winning the group. Uh, thanks to some help from an already out Costa Rican side. Um, you know, it, it really is a surprising uh, turn of events. I mean, at the beginning of this tournament, when the U.S. dropped looking somewhat listless against uh, Colombia, they dropped the match, and it kind of looked like the U.S. might have been out by the end of it. The, they might have been the ones out by the second game, as opposed to Costa Rica. Um, what do you have to say about this seeming ch- turn of fortunes for the United States? Well, I, definitely surprising. I think on the last pod, you guys both said, oh, yeah, I mean, Colombia's going to win the group. Um, and, I mean, I even kind of just went on believing that, okay, well, that's probably true that it's mathematically impossible for us to win the group. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, a 4-0 great win for us. I mean, created a good goal differential and a chance to get a toehold there. And, you know, I mean, I think this is a team playing with some uh, momentum. You know, I mean, I think uh, – Arguably, even though we had a three-goal half against Costa Rica, I think our first half against Paraguay was maybe even a better half. Um, I mean, it was more of a you know complete team win until the tires came off with Yedlin, um, which I'm sure we're talking about. I, mean, I think it was a much better game. So I think we're a team trending up. Uh, you know, I again, Colombia, they are the better team. Mm-hmm. There's no question. But when you play for, you know, a, a certain result, you're going to, you know, you're going to, if you, if you aim and miss, um, you're in trouble. So that's exactly what they did. They left themselves vulnerable and yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, certainly gladly be the beneficiaries of their lackadaisical attitude. Yeah. It, it really paid off. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's really wonderful to see what's coming around this team coming around. I mean, the defensive effort in the second half going to man down, was absolutely tremendous. Uh, John Brooks, so far the MVP of the tournament for the United States. I mean, considering just a year ago, uh, what a you know, a disaster he more or less was alongside uh, and uh, you know Ventura Alvarado in the Gold Cup. Um, hats off to Jurgen Klinsmann. I think he you know I think his points are accurate in that maybe John Brooks did need to go through that trying time of the Gold Cup to be where he is today. I, does that mean I think in retrospect it was right for him to sacrifice the Gold Cup? No. But, you know, it, it it's he certainly seems to have paid dividends in the way this guy's playing right now. I mean, I think a lot of that also has to do with having a very steady, um, you know, client at center back <clears throat> next to him. And the fact that 
Klinsman is trotting out a bit back a back line that's been consistent for now three games going. It'll be obviously it'll be changed up the next ramp match, but um, because of Yedlin, but uh, something that was always more or less the strength of the United States is once again a strength again, and that's the defense. And I think that gives them a bit of hope going forward, and it's just wonderful uh, to see what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean. Um, I mean, the consistency is is better. I mean, I'm trying to think back uh, to the Gold Cup. I, I mean, it seems to me there's a couple things are going on. There wasn't consistency in the lineup, but also we had all these guys returning to the MLS, and they, you know they were either getting injured, they were had played full club seasons, and then were coming back to the MLS and they were tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it just seems to me like there was a and there was a number of guys just out of form. So I wonder, there was a problem with, you know, Jurgen having real good choices to throw out there. I mean, I'm trying to remember back to all the to the specific lineups for each game because I know he changed up the lineups quite a bit. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I wonder if the consistency was a lot based on the players as well because you know, now we're two out of three tournaments, Pat, two out of three major tournaments where. Um, other than, you know, an injury to Altidore or whatever in, in the World Cup, uh, Klinsman's played pretty straightforward, consistent lineups and has had really good results. Um, cool. So I wonder if the Gold Cup was just an aberration for whatever reason. I don't know. Are you ready, though, Pat, to, to concede that if, if we get to this goal, and I think Ecuador is obviously a winnable game. Beyond that, we'll see. But if we get to Klinsman's stated goal of getting to semifinals, are you ready to acknowledge him as as coach for life? Hell no. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, come on. We Giassi's artist still got he got an assist yesterday. Okay. But the fact of the matter, we still saw some classic Zardes yesterday. He easily could have put the match away 2-0. Uh completely botched his chance with another another example of Zardes touch. Um, you know, the this team as good as it has been over the past two games could be better if he played natural wingers on the end, on the ends. Yeah. Out wide. I mean, I think Graham's, I mean, look, the Pulisic thing is not happening, uh, you know, at this stage in the game, I think, you know, we might see a Pulisic start when they play St. Vincent Grenadines and get back to uh world cup qualifying, but you know, it, it's Graham Zussi, I think alone would make, infinitely bigger difference uh, on this team if he started out wide over uh, Giassi Zardes. So I, I still think there are holes in Klinsman lineup that he is capable of fixing. Um, but, you know, he, he just says, no, so no, I, I don't think he's perfect. I just think he he's finally getting the one position that you absolutely cannot tinker with, you absolutely cannot experiment with, right. And the thing is, I mean, now there's the worry. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. I mean, what's he going to do with right back the next game, you know? Well, I think it's pretty clear there. I mean, does it make me comfortable? No, I think it's pretty pretty clear what he should do, though. But, I mean, that's that's just me. I guess we will talk about that later. But, yeah, I, you know, I mean, the thing is, is that you're not the coach. I'm not the coach. We, we're not on the training sessions. So, I don't, I'm not seeing everything that Klinsman's seeing. I mean, I'm not trying to go back and back him up here. Um, but I'm just saying, you know, uh, I'm not entirely sure what goes into his decision to um, play certain players. I will say, 
especially in a tournament like this, of the speed of a player like Zardes is certainly more of a problem um, than sometimes the technical skill of a player of Zussi's caliber. So maybe that's something. I still maintain Pulisic is someone who's going to go going forward for us is going to be an enormous player. But you saw, I mean, one thing that really stood out to me was just how much uh, uh, Paraguay tried to take the, the game to us and they were physical and they were battering. And I just don't think Pulisic would have survived the game like that. You know I mean? I think he would have the physicality there. He just doesn't deal with well in what little I've seen with him, seen of him. He's very tactically gifted, but I mean, I think this is a different kind of game where you just have to. So Zardes has the speed and the size, which is why you know I think he's being played out there. Um, I think Wood stood up very well uh, in the last couple games, you know, playing that physical style. So um, I, I mean, I do agree that maybe there could be different lineups thrown out there. Um, or players put in better positions. But at the end of the day, it's still, we don't have, you know, uh, any any players along the lines of Lionel Messi or um, Luis Suarez or, you know, even uh, Valencia, who we're going to be, you know, playing in this next game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's true. I mean, we don't have world beaters. I mean, I think there's, you know, I think you touched upon it. Polsic has the opportunity to get there. I think John Brooks is starting to show that he might become one of the best defenders out there. Um, DeAndre Edlin, despite uh, his losing his head this game, I mean, if he continues to start in the Premier League, I mean, he's only 22, um, could become a game changer someday. Um, someday. Someday. You know, uh, and, Matt, you know, guys who aren't on the roster, Matt Miazga, you know, he, he might, you know, this – Cameron Brooks partnership may be short lived. We don't know what Matt Miazkin's going to do the next year or two. Um, but, uh, you know, in time will tell. It, you know, but, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, but in the end, I, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready. To, I'm, I would almost argue, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I you know, Klinsman did tinker with the lineup going into the Belgium game in, in the World Cup. He didn't start. Kyle Breckman, who was having one hell of a tournament in that World Cup, and mm-hmm. and it, it, it backfired. So I, I we'll see what he does, you know, uh, this coming Thursday. Um, but uh, one thing that's kind of is almost a blessing in disguise by Yedlin's red card is that it it, it got Clint Dempsey off the field for forty minutes, which means he yeah, be I agree. Yep. It's a great point. It's a great point. Uh, I mean, yeah, and just like, you know, without skipping completely over, I mean, uh, what'd you think of Yedlin's red? I mean. The the first yellow was soft. Um, I definitely think he got the ball. Um, you know, I am not so sure that was a foul. I definitely don't think it was a card, and I'm not so sure it was a foul. The second one, he's just got, I mean, let's put it this way. He made minimal contact, and the Paraguayan player went down like a ton of bricks. Totally embellished it. 100% embellished it. But Yedlin has to be smarter. He has to be smarter in that situation. You know, he has to know he can't take those kinds of risks when he's on a yellow card. Um, so I put I put it on Yedlin more than anything else. Um, you know, and now the team is in a bind. I mean, because in some respects, the best choice – to move out right is Jeff Cameron, but you absolutely do not want to mess with that partnership that right now is working so damn well no. in the center of the no, fence. No chance. You know? 
No chance. No chance. Nope. I mean, even though, I mean, I think Birnbaum would be a good center back. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I just don't think you want to mess with what you already have there. Uh, so I, I guess the question is, you know, who do you play out there? Do you play Orozco? Uh, is that it? Is that the only option you have? I, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> There's really no... Hey, your boy Timmy Chandler didn't even make the cut, so he's not even on the you know squad. So if you don't put Orozco out there, I think then your only other option would be to move Johnson right and put Edgar Castillo left back. Uh, hmm. Could Castillo handle Ecuador? Maybe, you know um, it, it, that that's there are options. I I really don't. I mean, Orozco has the difference between I mean Castillo has never been spectacular for the United States national team. Uh, you know, Orozco pops up here and there and scores, scores goals randomly. That nobody knows where he comes from, but then he puts one in. Um, I guess the difference between the two is that, uh, you know, Castillo has been playing for his team. Orozco has not, uh, his club side. So, you know, who who's going to be the one that's a bit more ready to play? I mean, Orozco did okay. He did all right. Um, I th- yeah, I mean, I didn't think he was awful. I mean, I think we have a kind of in our mind – um, a view of them, but we had a view of Brooks. We had a view of Yedlin. Mm-hmm. I'm just propensity to overcommit on the attack. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe we're going to be, you know, pleasantly surprised. Is that possible? Uh, you can hope. I mean, but the thing, the difference between Brooks and Yedlin is they're both young, you know, and so there was always room for improvement. Orozco's, sure, sure. You know, Orozco's what? He's 30 now, right? I mean, so it's kind of like, I think he, like we had the discussion with Altador. Two two weeks or two episodes ago, he is what he is, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and you certainly will. I mean, Orozco, you should absolutely should not expect uh, any attack on the on the right side, you know, with Orozco back there, as he is a national center bar center back anyway. So, sure. you know, so it's it's a tough decision. Um, I think I might roll the dice with a Edgar Castillo Fabian Johnson pairing, but that's uh, just me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I, I mean, I would, I would just um, make as few changes as possible, mm-hmm. um, in terms of you know the chemistry. So, I mean, I think you just, just roll the dice, mm-hmm. you know, um, and see if Orozco can handle it. Uh, and you know, I, I mean that, but it's harder on the right because you know, um, the Valencias um, roll up that left hand side on, for, you know, for Valencia, so they're going to be dealing with it on the right hand side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Jones will be there. You're probably going to have to have Jones tucked back a little bit more, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they might they might play him on that side and say, you know, stay home a little bit. But um, you know, who knows? I mean, it's it's never easy to guess a Klinsman lineup. So uh, yeah. we'll see what they come up with. Yeah, it's. Uh... But you know, here you know here again. I mean, this is a dangerous team. Um, you know, you might have to re- rely more on the counter than just you know taking the game to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so absorb some of that pressure and then get forward. Um, who knows? I mean, do you anticipate any lineup changes other than uh, the right back situation? I mean, do you feel like uh, Jones has nothing to tank for another game and Dempsey's been working out of top? Yeah, uh, I mean, Dempsey, you know, he's getting his goals. I mean, one's, one was from, play, uh, you know, penalty kick and one was vintage Dempsey just being there and putting it away. Um you know, I, I don't, 
you know, will Klinsman look back to that friendly and see that Pulisic, when Pulisic and Nagby came in, uh, the tone of the match, uh, you know, changed, you know, significantly. The U.S. started pressing Ecuador, and they eventually got their game winner uh, at the feet of Darlington Nagby. Um, yeah. But at the same time, the lineup that, you know, played against Paraguay yesterday, uh, that started against Paraguay yesterday, did stuff by being, uh, I think, the exact same lineup that started against Ecuador. It's two different teams. I mean, it's absolutely two different teams. So, you know, I I see the possibility for change, but I don't expect it, you know? Uh, sure. Maybe, maybe you sit, sit Jones just because of age. Uh, I mean, nothing more than just age. Uh, and just see what Nagby can do for 60 minutes or so. Um, <laughs> but then I, I don't know. I think you kind of leave yourself really vulnerable in that case. But, mm-hmm. I mean, well, yeah, because we, we need to add a defensive help in this game now with uh, Yedlin out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, not that Yedlin provides you with that much defense. Yeah. But, I mean, you just couldn't get as far forward because, you know, I mean, you're, you're trying to cover more ground and you just have less speed. Although, you know, Nagby himself has some speed. speed so, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So, I guess we can, we can actually, I mean, I don't know. There's really much else to c- cover Paraguay. I mean, it was a gutty U.S. – uh, style victory, um, you know, got them. They got the goal. I'm glad they didn't go for the draw, um, you know, and uh, they won the group. I mean, is there really anything else to discuss beside beyond that? Sure. I mean, I mean, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head there. I think it bears mentioning. I mean, this was a classic um, U.S. win. It was gritty. Uh, I mean, we took the game to them. We again, we we continue the theme of direct passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we were opportunistic. Dempsey was, you know, uh, great on that goal. I mean, he just um, ran perfectly onto that ball. It was a good cross. It was, you know, um, cutting back, even though I know, you know, Zardes isn't your guy. Uh, you know, I thought – and then especially that last 40 minutes of the game, down a man, just the grit and the fight in the team. I mean, Brooks certainly, um, but Guzan to, you know – organize that back line, everyone kind of chipping in a little bit extra, uh, not letting the emotions of what was going on. Cause that game could have gotten really out of hand. Mm-hmm. There were some bad calls that went the U S way after the red card, mm-hmm. uh, one against one against the U S after the red card. Um, so, I mean, I think, Oh gosh, you know, I mean, things could have gotten way out of hand and to our credit, you know, to the player's credit, they just didn't let it. You know, they just went after it and, um, you know, made made the best of a bad situation. You know, you actually touched about touched on one player. I wanted to uh, bring up uh, briefly there, uh, Brad Guzan. Uh, you know, he's been not many have been uh, favorable of him being made named the starter over Tim Howard. Uh, and while he didn't quite have a Tim Howard to the rescue type of game, he certainly came up with some huge saves, especially that double save in the. Uh, second half that uh, kept the U.S. in position to win. So, I mean, hats yeah. off to, I mean, considering what a bad season Aston Villa had and, you know, by extension himself, um, really came up huge for the United States in this game. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be a good, you know, good keeper for us going forward. I thought he's, you know, having a good tournament, I mean, as is the whole, you know, back line. So, uh you know, I, when I think about it, Pat, I mean, you, you look at the, the three games, 
you know, a couple mental mistakes. I mean, Cameron got picked on, you know, on the set piece goal. Uh, you know, Bradley gives that ball away and Yedlin gets the handball. So it's a penalty score from, uh, you know, so a couple of different, you know, set piece goals against Columbia. But otherwise, you know, I thought we kind of had a little bit of the tempo in the game. We were ha- we had some of the better passing. If Dempsey scores a goal, you know, his his first chance in that game, I think it's a much different game. It, it unravels differently, and um, and that's the nature of football. I mean, we we both know that. But um, you know, to me, it wasn't the worst uh, performance I'd you know seen us give, even given the score line. Um, I thought we kind of played a little bit better of a um, brand of uh, football there. Second game, obviously a 4-0 game, something um, I didn't have a chance to weigh in on because I was in the air hovering over Chicago as that game was going on. <laughs> uh, and then did it at a conference, so thanks for covering for me. Fantastic, you know, again, game. Really, really complete performance. Good team win. Uh, and then that first half up until the Yedlin red card. Yeah. Uh, you know, very good half against Paraguay. So, Pat, I mean, we're stringing some – fucking games together yeah we're stringing some performances together it's looking good absolutely uh absolutely and i think before we go on to the next one i just want to give a quick shout out to the uh crowd in philly uh i did go to the game it was uh you know crowd was very very much into it very electric uh you know it was unfortunate i had to see a lot of philadelphia union hats and jerseys but other than that it was uh it was a really good time down in philadelphia oh. so uh uh-huh. But um, another thing I feel like it must be said, you know, about these three games is, I mean, I think you're certainly right. Brooks, uh, you know, deserves, you know, super credit for for just being. I mean, that three on one um, last ditch save was just something fantastic. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, but, you know, of course, I'm not saying anything revolutionary there, um, but he, I mean, he just had a solid game, he has a solid three games. He makes good decisions. Uh, he seems to always be in the right place at the right time. Positionally, he's grown so much. He uses his size really well. Uh, he just clears ball after ball after ball. Um, I, I saw a really great quote from Dempsey, uh, you know, after this this Paraguay game where he just said, even, you know, coming out of the game and then watching uh, Brooks just clear ball after ball after ball that came into the thing was something special to watch. So, uh, you know, some really good things going on there. But aside from him and Guzan, uh, I mean, I think there's, you know, uh, Dempsey – recovered nice and I didn't think he was as great um, trying to play um, center front uh, mm-hmm. against Columbia, but I think he's recovered to have a pretty good tournament. I think Jones is having a great tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I do think it bears mentioning. Uh, I think Wood has had flashes and we can see why he's out there. That finish, uh, you know, was, was something really spectacular in the second game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, there's, you know, there's some, uh, some good things happening for this team. I'm starting to see some, some progress and uh and i to, to his credit too bradley's recovered nicely from bad really bad first game he's had a couple good games as well so absolutely uh yeah no absolutely i think you know it, you know there, there are guys you can point to who are standouts um you know but i think some of many of the other players are just putting in the work and it's it's paying the, over the last two games paid dividends and hopefully continues to uh, Ecuador. So uh, one thing I just want to say about that three-on-one, uh, John Brooks. I was not in my seat to see it. I had to watch it on a uh, above concessions TV stand. Why would you out yourself on that? Because <laughs> Philadelphia uh, Lincoln Financial Field Security was so slow getting people into that stadium. I I, I don't know. Oh. I don't know why. I don't know. It was one. Of, I in, like, when I got to the mass of people, I was like, oh, we'll be in in five minutes. 
took us about 15 minutes and you know and then on top of that my friend has parkinson's mm. uh, you know and lincoln financial doesn't have escalators or easily accessible uh, elevators so we had to get him a wheelchair so i did not get into my seat until about the 14th minute and you know i'm just glad i walked over like my one friend went to the bathroom i'm glad i walked over to concession stand because that's when i saw the three-on-one break and I was like, oh, shit, here it comes. Here, here it comes. <laughs> and then John Brooks, holy shit, what a fucking play. I mean, <laughs> holy shit. It, it, it was a jaw dropper. It was a jaw dropper. I mean, damn. <laughs> There's really not much else I could say about it. That was just phenomenal. And uh, why did I have to not be in my seat to see it? it you know. <laughs> Because it was on the side of the field my seats were at. So, oh, it's such a bummer. But what are you going to do? That does suck. Oh, man. Uh, so, I mean, uh, I, that that's another thing. I mean, uh, attendance has been pretty poor uh, mm-hmm. for this Copa. Uh, I mean, that's been disappointing. I saw, you know, a lot of these games were coming in at, you know, 29,000, 39,000 fans. Even the uh, U.S. games, you know. Um, uh, I mean, the 50 for Philly was good, um, you know, and then you had 90 in Rose Bowl for Mexico. Uh, well, because it's, it's Mexico in the Rose Bowl, dude. I mean, yeah. and, they and probably ex- could just, you yeah. know, walked out onto Main Street and been like, hey, 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 just, you know, grab a yeah. few of your friends and come on in. Yeah, and, and I also think Ecuador, and I, I mean, just from pictures I saw, Ecuador, Haiti, which really shouldn't be, have been that pack considering Haiti, uh, seem to have a really good crowd at MetLife tonight. I mean, yeah, you know, the, some of the smaller ones where they had like twenty thousand. I mean, I definitely think if they have, if they do go ahead with this rumored idea of either just having a Copa in the United States every four years or unite, unifying the Copa and Gold Cup, um, you know, it, it's. I definitely think they need to consider uh, bringing our soccer-specific stadiums for many of these matches. Um, you know the they have better sight lines. I mean, for example, I could not see the corner flag that I was in, uh, you know, in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, I think for some of these lesser games, they got to uh, put them in soccer-specific stadiums. And I think also if they do it again, they got to consider lowering the prices. I mean, the, the that's you know, the big thing. I mean, if it's a $50 ticket as opposed to $120 ticket, mm-hmm. yep. you know, I go. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, Hell, I would have flown into Chicago early for this business trip and gone to that game if it weren't. I mean, yeah. the cheapest ticket in the corner was sixty nine mm-hmm. um, when they went on sale. I mean, I don't know what they ended up being on the secondary market or anything, but I mean, you know, if to, to get a decent seat, I mean, you're talking in the hundreds of dollars, and so oh, yeah. that you know, mm-hmm. business ain't that my, good, son. Yeah, sixty eight bucks for my obstructive view ticket. So, I mean, there you go. Yeah, no, that's um, yeah, see. Yeah, I wish I had known. I wish I had known. I would have just, I would have sprung for the extra couple dollars and sat in the end zone, you know, upper deck. That would have been a clearer yeah. shot, but what are you going to do? I, um, I like the sight lines on the end better, but mm-hmm. anyway. I was trying to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Okay, so my non soccer friend, fan friends money. That's pretty much what I was doing. <laughs> Cool. So, yeah. but you do realize, I mean, yeah, we, we'll we'll prehash Ecuador here um, a little bit, but uh, you do realize if we are successful in defeating Ecuador, our path to the, you know, if we got to the semifinal, um, that would be 
against who? Do you know? Don't most look it up. likely, most likely, it would be against. I mean, it's going to be Argentina. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Most likely, it's going to be Argentina. Yeah. yeah, most likely it would be Argentina or Venezuela. I mean, <laughs> I, I assume Mexico is going to win that group. Yeah. I mean, assume Mexico is going to win Group C. They'll, you know, uh, they'll go on uh, to play the runner-up of Group D. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that one is that one a little bit wide open still. No, I mean yes, Chile or Panama. But I think it's going to be Chile. Mm-hmm. Um, but Panama's no slouch, so they'll play the um, runner-up of that group anyway. Um, so yeah, we would play the runner-up of C, mm-hmm. the winner of runner-up of C, which would be probably Venezuela, or it could be Mexico if Venezuela is able to beat Mexico head-to-head, mm-hmm. um, or the winner of Group D, who's certainly going to be Argentina, um, even just on goal differential. Even if they lose uh, the next game, I think there'll still be winners on goal differential. They've been yeah. lighting it up. So, uh, so yeah. Hey, congratulations. You survived um, that rematch with Ecuador, yeah. which isn't a big deal. Um, and the semifinal match is Lionel Messi in Argentina. And, oh, by the way, Messi's starting to get healthy again. Yep. Yep. Uh, it, <laughs> it, it, uh, you know, I think we, we – hopefully we get to enjoy it at least one more one more match, uh, you know, against Ecuador because it certainly is not uh, promising after that with Argentina. Uh you know, all I can say is that we've beaten the number one team in a tournament before. I mean, it was only seven years ago in the Confederations Cup where they beat number one Spain. So and, it seems like a whole lot longer than that, though, doesn't it? And, and come on. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, come on. I mean, look at look at soccer this year. I mean, this is the year of the upset. Leicester City, uh, Brazil is out of this tournament. Uh, Uruguay is out of this tournament. Uh, you know, it, it's. It's 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 a wide open world. Anything can happen, you know. I mean, if this defense can continue to play the way it is and they take their chances here and there, anything can happen, you know. So, but it it, it does not look promising against a a quite stacked Argentine team uh, right now. That's for sure. Yeah, and that you know that game would be in Houston. Uh... So, I mean, not really a geographical or, you know, any any kind of advantage for us. It's going to be hot as hell down there in Houston at the end yep. of June. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I don't think we could play really um, tempoed, uh, you know, but I'll, that might not uh, benefit us anyways. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it might just have to be a ground and pound type of game there. I mean, I'd, I'd say the other semifinals being played at Soldier Field, I think it's a much more, mm-hmm. um, you know, enviable spot to play. Right. Anyhow. So uh, prehash uh, some uh, Ecuador. Let's let's do it. Let's talk about it. so the uh, you know Ecuador won their match against Haiti, uh, ensuring they finished in second place, and Peru pulled off the giant upset against Brazil, as we've already covered. And so therefore, with the United States winning Group A, uh. they will face Ecuador uh, this Thursday night at nine thirty in Seattle, CenturyLink Field. Uh, we can only hope that the Seattle crowd comes out like they do for the Sounders matches and shifts that um, that atmosphere in favor of the United States uh, and gives them just one more thing to hopefully push them over the edge. Um, you know, the United States beat Ecuador 1-0, uh, a late goal by Darlington Nagby only a few weeks ago in uh, a friendly, and I believe that was in Frisco, in Frisco, Frisco Texas. Um, that may have been Bolivia, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but, uh, you know, can... You know, the United States, the starting lineup did not look as good as it did, uh, as it does now, back in that friendly. So, uh, and Ecuador's looked okay in this tournament. Um, 
you know, their best game being against a pushover. So what do you think? I mean, do you, do you think you like the U.S.'s chances going into this match? I, I mean, just on – I mean, let's take Ecuador out of the equation entirely for uh, the time being. Uh, I mean, just based on the progression of play that we've experienced in this tournament, um, assuming the loss of Yedlin isn't going to be a, let's say, two-goal loss, mm -hmm. right? Um, I mean, I think even a one-goal type situation is something is maybe survival based on the way that this team is playing. I thought we had at least another goal in us in that second half. Um, provided we weren't down to 10 men. Uh, so you're talking, you know, let's say it was just, you know, just one goal. You're taking a sum total of two games, you know, against teams that um, looked, you know, pretty well compact going into this tournament. We were wondering how people were going to score on them. Um, you know, we were looking at maybe a, you know, six goal swing against two, you know, reasonably well set up defensive teams. So, uh, you know, Ecuador, another team, organizes themselves well. Uh, they're not going to be scored on easily, but uh, and they've got a little bit more offensive firepower than we, you know, saw in Costa Rica uh, mm -hmm. or Paraguay. But uh, at the same time, I mean, just based on the way we're playing, I, you know, I feel like our chances are at least fifty-fifty, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And Seattle's a better venue for us. Seattle's a much better venue for us. I well, that you know, uh, maybe I, I, you know, I think there is something to be said about taking a cross-country trip on shorter rest than just driving up the turnpike on uh, for longer rest. I mean, I think that will factor in possibly a little bit. Uh, I mean, granted, Ecuador has to do the same thing, and they actually have to do it on shorter rest, you know, flying from Giant Stadium to um, their MetLife Stadium. Sorry, Jets fans. MetLife Stadium to uh, Seattle themselves. Um, you know, but I I've never been – super crazy about looking at that um i think the way the u.s is playing right now based on overall in the tournament itself what we've seen out of both ecuador and the united states i do think it's a u.s win um you know of course i mean i do worry about the right back situation you know it's can orozco handle himself can edgar castillo handle himself if they, if they decide to go that route um, that, sure. that is the big question. Um, I, I will say this much, but what has been a staple of the Klinsman uh, era? It's been when this team's back is against the wall, they play their best. And Klinsman just took the back off the wall saying, hey, we should be a great team now. Let's go for it. And I'm like, no, don't say that. <laughs> Keep playing the underdog mentality. What's wrong with you? Don't, that's the wrong message to give. Come on, get yeah. back against the wall. I mean, you know. Well, you know, but at the same time, I mean, I think there's probably going to be a greater sense of belief among this team than we've seen in a long time. So I don't necessarily worry about that as much as you do. I, I mean, you know, surviving the group of death in the 2014 World Cup, I mean, that in itself was a remarkable feat. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, yeah, we got blitzed by Germany. Um, but, you know, we – we acquitted ourselves very well against Portugal. I mean, that was the game we should have won. Yes. Um, you know, beat Ghana, a good revenge game. Uh, but, you know, we were clawing against Belgium just to stay in that game. Belgium's clearly the better team. Um, and we didn't take um, our chance when we had it. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. people who remain nameless, Chris <laughs> <Warnowski>. um, <laughs> um, But, 
you know, I think we're much more poised to be ready for the moment. And I mean, go ahead and feel free to disagree with me on this point. But I feel like this team is playing with some confidence right now. And even, dare I say it, swagger. Um, and so I think when the moment comes, they're going to bury that shot. I mean, perfect example was the Dempsey goal. I mean, that's a ball that kind of found its way through a little bit of traffic. And rather than, you know, um, you know, clutching at it or rushing it, I mean, he made a really nice shot. Uh, it was a shot. It was a ball crossed from the left that Dempsey cl- that he scored with his left. Mm-hmm. So he had to he had to you know swing across the ball, a ball that was basically trailing across his body, and curve it, um, and you know made good contact on it. That's the kind of goal. I mean, we, we you know we consider Dempsey to be a swagger guy anyway, but he hadn't been making those sol- goals the last couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I just see a little bit more confidence in this team, and I think you know, hopefully that carries over and translates in the next game. Yeah. Uh, this is the best we've seen you know, out of the United States national team in some time. There, There's no question about that. Um, no question. You know, it, it's it, – is this not unlike 2013 where all of a sudden it just turned around for the team? And that would be wonderful. I mean, because it certainly is appearing to be that way. You know, they're, they're the, they are playing with confidence. They do have swagger, um, you know. It's uh, you know we we shall see. I'll just I'll just use uh, Jurgen Klinsmann's own words against him. Jurgen, you haven't proven shit yet. So you know, <laughs> so if you think your back is off the wall, go into this game and win. All right, because you ha- like you told Clint himself, you haven't proven shit yet. So um, you know, it, losing the quarterfinals, every U.S. coach has done that. Hell. Making it to a semifinal, U.S. Co- coaches before him have done that in major tournaments. Uh, yeah. You know, he's, he's got a ways to go. So, um, you know, I think it's obvious, though, at this point, his job is certainly safe, even if he doesn't make that goal of semifinals. I think even if they do lose, unless it's by a c- total catastrophe against Ecuador, I mean, I definitely think he is the coach from now until 2018. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, there's no reason to think otherwise. And you know what? I mean, one of the things that you and I were talking about um, going into this tournament is maybe, you know, some of the older players are aging out and they're not going to be a factor either in qualifying or at the World Cup 2018 itself. Uh, But you know what? Some of these young guys have actually stepped in, like, you know, we've been talking about Brooks a lot, stepped in and acquitted themselves quite well. Uh, And so there's no reason to believe that that next group of players coming in behind can't be successful under – uh, you know, Clinton's formation. And then, you know, maybe some really interesting things happen. I mean, uh, I'm trying to really think hard about a few examples of players who are Klinsman guys, you know, other than the, you know, I well, Jermaine Jones, I guess, was brought in by Bradley, but, you know, he's kind of formed, you know, Fabian Johnson formed under Klinsman. But, you know, some of the younger guys see what kind of team we are when the old guard is gone. Um, and maybe that culture shift that's been happening will um, look a little bit different and maybe take more deeper root when the when the new leaders are in place when the Beckermans, the Howards, the Jermaine Joneses, okay. uh, the Dempseys are gone off this team. And I think we, we, you and I both agree that all those guys won't um, be on the, the World Cup team. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I don't think that. Well, I could see Deuce still being there. And if, and you know, if Jones continues to be the ageless wonder that he is, 
I mean, at this point, I can't say he won't be there. I mean, we've seen 37-year-old stars still uh, show up in World Cup rosters. Um, Beckerman, I definitely don't. I, I can't see him. You know, the fact that he's not playing in this tournament, I think, just goes to show you he's a lot. He's his U.S. national team career is probably over because I mean, he's he's a. If there's anyone who's a Klinsman's guy, it's definitely Kyle Beckerman. He he's gotten his biggest shot under Jurgen Klinsman. Um, so uh, you know, it's it's. I, I, but there's hope. You know, there's hope. There's hope in Christian Pulisic. There's hope. Uh, Bobby Wood can eventually take over that central forward role for. Uh, uh, Dempsey. And you know what? For as much as I don't like Giassi's artist, I think he would be a fine center forward. I really do. Um, you know, it, it's because I don't think his touch would be uh, as big an issue uh, in that role. Um, you know, and Matt Miazga, and he'll probably get loaned to a lower, uh, you know, Premier League team next year. And hopefully he can earn the starting role there. And he could possibly be the replacement for. Jeff Cameron, and then you have Cameron move to the six, and you have Bradley take over Jones's role. I mean, there there are reasons to be hopeful going forward to 2018, where younger guys will take over bigger roles. And uh, you know, Klinsman, you know, obviously still not a master tactician, but um, you know, hey, it, it might it, it might turn around. You know, doesn't mean I don't think he should have lost his job a number of times over the past two years, but it might turn around. You never know. Yeah, and you know, I mean, guys aren't, you know, mm -hmm. become good coaches or bad coaches overnight. Mm -hmm. um, he's always had tendencies, some good tendencies and some bad tendencies. This is the kind of culture shift that's difficult for people to undergo because it's so dramatic. Very different-minded person than, than any coach we've ever had in American history. So, I mean, that's going to be met with some resistance. He's still not the world's best tactician. We've, you know, known that from the very beginning. At the same time, I mean, this team is more relevant now on the world stage uh, over the last two years than it ever has been. Uh, it's remained consistently so. And for that, love him or hate him, you got to give the man credit. I don't know if I 100% agree with the relevance thing. I mean, I, I think just even by attendances alone in, uh, you know, qualifiers and friendlies, you know, this, this, the way that the U.S. has played over the last two years up until the last couple of weeks uh, and going back, I should say, and going back to the last World Cup qualifier against Guatemala at home, um, you know, it, it's I think the U.S. soccer team was sliding very quickly into irrelevance, especially on the national stage and, you know, here here at home. Um, and, and, you know, and I think. I think Paraguay absolutely expected to advance out of this group, you know, and they didn't, you know, but I, and I don't think they was without reason that they expected to advance out of this group because the United States up until very, very recently has been very, very poor. Um, you know, I, I guess we will see, we will most likely will see a FIFA ranking bump after this tournament, but, um, you know, it, it's, you know. I, but even I, if we don't, who cares? That's a shit. I'm That's saying true. that, you know, big, big teams across Europe and South America have been scheduling us for, you know, for friendlies and for different games, for warmups. I mean, we've played, we've taken on and played bigger opponents. We've, you know, we've had some good moments in those. We've had some really shitty moments in those. We had a really terrible gold cup and a lead up to it. But you know what? I mean, I think 
by and large, more people are taking notice of the U.S. team. And I know um, one of the things I do is I travel a lot. Um, and I, in, in my international dealings, I come into contact with a lot more people that know, A, the players of the U.S. men's national team and the players who are on the national team who are in the MLS and ask me about MLS soccer because of watching the men's national team. Um, I, I've seen that more often than ever before. So, I mean, when other fans are talking about us and know who we are and what's going on, I mean, that to me is is the big measure, not what, um, you know, FIFA headquarters in Zurich, Switzerland are telling us we're worth. Uh, I mean, again, I, I still don't know if that's because of Klinsman. I think Klinsman has still ignored MLS too much. Um, you know, I think there's been cases where he started guys who never should have been on the field uh, just because they don't play in MLS. Um, you know, it, it's, it, you know, and I think that... Maybe, but I mean, he, at the same time, he's consistently played in, in the past year, Dempsey Bradley, um, you know, whenever the, the five minutes that Josie's healthy, he gets time. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, he still plays MLS players. I mean, he's, you know, he, he does, but I think cause you know, they're, they're in that echelon of, you can't ignore them. You know, um, they are the guys, you know, they, they are the top players. Um, you know, it doesn't matter where they're playing and then they, they've proven it in Europe for the most part. Um, so they, but I mean, obviously what he did to Donovan was ridiculous. Um, you know, I understand it was. Uh, totally a clash of personalities there. I do understand that. Um, well, and I, you say it's obvious, but I'm not so sure it's obvious. I mean, here's a guy. I mean, I don't know how myself for myself. I'm not sure how would have should have reacted, right? Because he was being, you know, asked to take a different role. He may have been fine with that role, but a guy who's always been for as long as he's played guy how does he take being relegated to the bench i'm not sure and does it become a distraction um, yeah but i think i think he i mean if you look at that gold cup in 2013 he handled it very well i mean and and the, the the world cup qualifiers he came in he made a difference and then he was left at home for the world cup it made no sense it made no sense and, and you know i don't know and clinsman's pre-tournament clinsman's pre-tournament interview with the wall street journal where he's saying what's happened to these guys like bill hamid i mean bill hamid it's not a, it's not a, uh, a form thing. The guy's hurt. I mean, you know, Bill Hamid has been stellar in MLS, and probably if if healthy, if and when healthy, should absolutely make the jump and would be fine in Europe, in my opinion. You know, it's, I, I yeah. think there's guys he's writing off right away, and he's saying that's because they're American, and it's just like, come on, man. You know, I mean, and there's other guys where he's given. I mean, Timmy Chandler got a million chances he never deserved. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't know. I. I you know, I, I, I'm not a Klinsman acolyte. This the one tournament. I mean, if he wins, if he wins this tournament, I think I just gotta keep my foot in my mouth for the rest of his you know tenure. But you know, I'm not, I'm not there on the whole that this guy knows what he's 100% knows what he's doing. Guess what? No coach knows exactly what they're doing, and the and freaking you know the best coach in the world. Uh, you know, Pep Guardiola could come into the United States and not coach this team to a Copa America win. You know why? Because this team does not have the talent. It does not now or never has had the talent. And so it's getting the best out of what you have with the mentality that works best for the players that you have. And I think 
for good stretches, Klinsman's done that, despite his obvious deficiencies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes. And sometimes, sometimes. He's, and sometimes he's ignored the talent that he has. You know? So, to each his own. <laughs> uh, okay, so you say uh, a victory... I'd, uh, I guess Ecuador, what do you think the final score is going to be? That's going to be a tough one because obviously these knockout rounds are very rarely high-scoring affairs as everyone plays a bit more uh, conservatively with so much on the on – the, uh, 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 I'm giggling because Chris just turned on his uh, video camera. He's got the goofiest-ass smile, which none of you at home can see, but <laughs> it's – Making me giggle. Fix it in post. <laughs> Fix it in post. Oh no, that's staying in. That's staying in. Anyway, um, <laughs> so my prediction. Um, I I think it's gonna. If it doesn't go to penalties, which apparently there will be no extra time in the uh, in the quarterfinals and semifinals of the Copa America, it will go immediately to penalty kicks after ninety minutes. So if assuming it does not go to penalty kicks, I'm going to go with a 2-1 U.S. win. Um, I just see Ecuador getting one, uh, but I do see the U.S. pushing for two. So uh, I'm going to go 2-1 victory for the U.S. Okay, good. I, I, you know what? Let's just go. Uh, let's just go crazy. Let's just say three nil. Oh wow. Let's just go. Let's go. We're not going to score three goals, but <laughs> I mean. I, I really do like um, the direction and the way we're building right now. So barring an, a setback, which is certainly possible, I think it's going to be a pretty good win, mm-hmm. yeah. regardless of the scoreline. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, you know, I think this is, you know, it's been an exciting tournament. It's been exciting for U.S. fans. Um, you know, it's uh, hopefully U.S. fans can gobble up the tickets at, uh, Seattle that they weren't expecting to off uh, secondary markets. Um, yeah, for uh, U.S. fans of MetLife, you know, who bought all their tickets, assuming the United States was going to be the runner-up and playing in that quarterfinal, man, their ticket value is plummeting, has plummeted really hard in the last, like, 24 hours between, Boom. between you know, the U.S. making uh, winning the group and uh, Brazil losing. Because, I mean, there is a heavy Brazilian population in the New Jersey, New York metropolitan area. Um, you know, so... Right now, the cheapest ticket for the quarterfinal is 119 on StubHub. I would not be shocked with a Peru-Colombia match. I mean, although there are sizable Peruvian and Colombian um, you know, populations in the area, I would not be shocked to see those prices drop about by about $20 uh, tomorrow or at, you know, leading up the game for sure. Oh, at least. I think it's going to be at least that much. Yeah. So that's a, that's a feel bad for all those people. They should maybe still make a profit. We'll, we shall see. All right, so uh, this Thursday night, 9.30 p.m., the United States will face off against Ecuador at CenturyLink Field in Seattle. Should they win in advance, the next match will be on June 21st at 9 p.m. in Houston at NRG Stadium, which I didn't realize was not named Reliant anymore. (laughs) Woe is me. Um, All these companies that buy naming rights and then go bankrupt are, I mean – Idiots. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what happens. I mean, you know, it happened with City Field where Citibank went bankrupt. Well, probably should have gotten went bankrupt, but got bailed out. And, uh, you know, they were in the, they're still on the hook for like $25 million a year to the Mets. So, 
Is it still called City Field? It is still City Field. Yep. No, that was one well, thing. We we just had Sports Authority go out of business, and so Sports Authority Field is going to get renamed this year, probably after Marijuana Company. Nice. And, yeah, I doubt it. But, I mean, that was a good <laughs> April Fool's joke, right? Um, a, few, a couple months late. Uh, and before that, it was an Invesco Field, which is an investment fund firm, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they make the worst possible investment, and then they go bankrupt. So, I don't know. I don't trust anyone who puts their name on a stadium. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I think that's it. Yeah. Anyone who puts your name on the stadium, don't invest in that company. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, actually, one quick thing we can do before we get out of here. Uh, Group C, Mexico and Venezuela uh, face off, uh, you know, face off tomorrow at uh, 8 p.m. in Houston. Uh, who do you got? you think uh, Mexico wins it all there, or do you think that is? Me- yeah, Mexico. Yeah, okay. Mexico 3-1. They're just too good. All right, cool. They're, I mean, they're just too good. I mean, I don't know. Osorio's kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. But um, Mexico's just too good. Yeah. I, I almost feel like there's a possibility we're seeing the U.S. and Mexico do what they do, where one does, does well, the other does poorly. I mean, because Mexico's second match against Jamaica, despite winning 2 nothing, was not that you know, it's impressive. A few botched chances by Jamaica, and that was a totally different game, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Mexico has, on the whole, better players now. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, Be- you know, Venezuela has two 1-0 wins, right? Uh, Venezuela has, yes, two 1-0 wins. Yeah, so. Um, all right, and then the other would be Group D. Uh, it's the only one that's not uh, completely decided uh, where two teams still have a chance at, you know, barring an absurd uh, goal differential makeup and Bolivia upsetting Argentina. Uh, Chile and Panama are battling it out for the second place position. Uh, who do you think uh, gets that one? Uh, Chile or a feisty little Panama? Uh, you can never discount Panama, especially the last couple of years. I mean, they're, they're a fun little team to watch, uh, but I give the edge to Chile there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's I, I got to admit, I mean, I'm pulling for CONCACAF. I would like to see, you know. Sure, I mean, that's you know, natural. I would like to see three of our teams get in there, uh, but I'm with you. I think Chile will lock up that runner position in Group D, and then we will have our uh, our knockout round team. So uh, it should be fun next couple of weeks, Copa America, uh, and with Euro going on at the same time. Uh, it's a hell of a lot of international soccer to watch. And it is. And as slow of a start as uh, Copa America Centenario got off to, boy, it is. It has been real good the last few days. Oh, absolutely. The last uh, two rounds of the group stage so far have been tremendous. Um, it's really been an exciting thing to watch. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the first lady game is terrible, but it has rebounded, uh, you know, partially because of, Good play and partially because of controversy, much like tonight, but it's been a hell of a good time to watch. Um, and uh, I guess tomorrow it's all about Ireland. Come on, let's go Ireland with whoever you're playing. Yes, <laughs> and their group of slaughter, where I don't expect them to win a single match, but hey, I'm still gonna pull for them. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, last words, I guess, before we get out of here. Uh, well, you know, I got to hand it to you, Pat. It was a good podcast, um, you know, so uh, give ourselves both a hand. Absolutely, hands. And, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone hands in the air. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, thanks, uh, Brazil, for uh, 
for all the laughs. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I mean it's you know it's a, yeah, I give him a hard time. It's a good tournament. I love uh, you know in in tournaments like this where the big teams spill out. I mean, last World Cup it was Spain. Um, you know, World Cup before that was France. I mean, I just like watching uh, you know teams self destruct, show their character, mm-hmm. uh, and somehow you know in all these tournaments, U.S. finds a way to get to at least the knockout stage. So. Absolutely. I'm enjoying it. Absolutely. Um, one quick thing, uh, just because I just started clicking through Wikipedia, uh, for all the criticism of attendance, um, the average attendance is actually outdrawing the last two Copa Americas in South America. Uh, and so does that improve your view on the attendance of this one or no? No. No. Okay. Well, that's right. I, <laughs> I just think it should have been more. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'm I, mean, with. I just, I mean, I, I, I would have expected more and part of that's the organization part of that's the ticket price, but you know, um, I, I would have expected the tennis to be higher. All right. Yeah. Um, do let's sorry, let's do the rundown before we get out of here. Uh, all right. You can check out the show at, uh, on Twitter, Red Bull rant. Uh, you can find myself at PMACD82. Find uh, Chris at Christmas, Chris Kaminsky 18. Uh, you can find uh, my two regular co-hosts, uh, Jason Ipico at Dr. Stooge and uh, Truman at The Truman. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You can find us on Facebook. We have a Patreon page where if you want to give us beer money, um, you can do that. You know, uh, and That's pretty much it. As always, on any of your medium device that you listen to us on, please leave us a rating. Um, I guess one last thing before we get out of here. This has been like the sixth of the last things, by the way. This is the one last thing. Um, (laughs) Before we get out of here, uh, you know, obviously all of us here at the Rebel Rant, including my co-host, Chris Kaminsky, you know, we want to send our hearts, our thoughts and prayers out to all who suffered in the terrorist attack down in Orlando this morning. Um, you know, Absolutely. Uh, you know, 50 losing their lives, another 50-plus uh, wounded. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, an unfortunate time that we appear to be living in where life just does not seem valued. And, you know, we just – thoughts and prayers go out. I mean, it's the least we can do. And, you know, and it's, it's tough – when these things happen and we still have something that in the grand scheme of things seems so frivolous, like the Copa America to go over. Uh, but I guess in some respects it's, we're fortunate that we have these distractions that can, you know, allow us to escape from the horrors that are far, far too often seem to creep up in our lives. But, uh, again, you know, thoughts and prayers to all the victims and their families down in Orlando. And, uh, hopefully it's the last time, uh, but we, we shall see. So on that somber note, uh, this has been Yanksco Marching, Red Bull Rant, Yanksco Marching Edition, Volume 3. As always, go USA, and have a good one. <laughs>